we're going to watch a, another video this morning that talks about our culture and our movement and the, the vision and the direction that we have. But before we do that, I just want to read you a, a scripture. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thank God He has made us His captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now He uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. It's a, a rousing sort of picture. And this video features people who have become captive to the cause of Christ and tells their story of how they persevered in the face of discouragement or incredible odds or personal hardship through the stirring up of one thing, their faith. So let's have a look. Thanks, guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Kahui Winiatatopi from New Zealand, and I pastor C3 Church in Narawahia. And so I first come across C3 Church in 2016, uh, where after a radical conversion um, to the Lord, because I come from uh, a gang background, I'm the former uh, president of the Black Power in my region, which was the Waikato. And uh, after a radical conversion to Christ, um, you know, uh, from a life of drugs, alcohol, and violence, I, I, I turned to the Lord, and the Lord answered me powerfully, which caused me to eventually, one day, walk into a C3 church. And what um, really just stood out to me in that church is just the love and the embrace um, that, you know, the people that were in there uh, gave me as soon as I walked in the door. They didn't see my tattoos. Uh, they didn't see, you know, colour. They didn't see a gangster. They just saw straight past all of that and they just come up and embraced me. I think at the beginning my church really believed in me more than I believed in myself. They believed in me and my calling and, and you know who God wanted to, me to be um, more than I believed in myself. And that really, really impacted on me um, very powerfully because I can't count how many times um, that throughout my walk in Christ um, that I've shunned myself, I've condemned myself, I have put myself on, you know, uh, on the chopping block a lot, and we've always built this uh, um, perception in our minds, all I have anyway, that the church is the perfect place. And so when I came into the doors of C3 Church, it was like um, I felt at home because um, everybody was um, going through something and and they were finding it inside the doors of the church so they weren't trying to be perfect it was actually quite the opposite um, they knew that they were broken I knew I was broken and I needed to be in a place there where I can be vulnerable around people that uh, are not trying to be perfect or they can open themselves to vulnerabilities Going back in the years, like when we first came to Sydney, down from Orange, um, and you know, I, it was a really a big step for us to come down, and um, it was a faith step. And 
you know, there were concerns, financial concerns, and just having a baby on one wage now. Um, and um, I was at home one night with just little little Renee and Greg was, went to church, the evening church. Renee was about six weeks old. And, you know, and I had all these concerns about how we're going to make it down here, you know. Um, and um, Greg came home and he'd had a word from Phil. And it was Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And, and so that just made me feel confident that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And you know, and that's just the first step, but there are many more steps along the way where we had to believe God and really trust and, you know, um, Phil is the master and Chris at, at teaching faith. From all of the leaders that have gone before us, we have a, we've, we understand more about how faith works. And I think faith is such a distinctive in the, in the movement and that um, cultivating a strong faith, watching people walk through battles, watch people um, walk through, you know, um, family, family troubles or, watch people walk through um, you know a building process or uh, challenges within the church and stay filled with vision stay filled with faith stay filled with um, just fire for what could happen and can happen it's I think it's powerful yeah. it spares us on I mean, two of the greatest risks I think that we have taken personally um, in stepping out and planting C3 Edinburgh um, man one of them has got to be, um, I mean, the, 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 the way that we had to say our goodbye to, to uh, the beautiful city that we grew up in, in Canberra, in Australia, and we, we love it there, and we love the community there, and we have our family there. Uh, we adore the place. Um, and to, to decide to he listen to God, to hear from Jesus, and, and move to Edinburgh, uh, there was a risk in that, wasn't there? Because we, we sold our home and we sold uh, all of our things and we took our three young children on an aeroplane um, and moved over to Scotland, um, trusting in God that he would create a church without a team to come with us at the beginning and without, without a place to meet as a church to begin with and without, uh, without a job. Um, we came over here thinking that the job market would be fine and now know that it's only by the grace of God that jobs came when we needed them. God met us every single step of the way. There was not a moment that His provision wasn't extended to us. Sometimes scary, but... Oh, totally scary. <laughs> totally scary. In the first year of church planning, it was we went through a very tough period of time where um, a whole bunch of things locally were happening and then I lost my mum really quickly and um, she passed away in Australia and we weren't expecting it and so I had to go to Australia to be a part of that and do the funeral and everything and it's like right at Christmas time yeah, it was right at Christmas time yeah. Jess had just given birth to our son and uh, six days after that you know I was going and Pastor Josh Kelsey from C3 NYC you know just flew up and took care of the weekend that weekend and just what like I couldn't imagine not having like a brother like him just down the road willing to stop everything and do whatever it takes and it's amazing like just to know that you can pick up the phone there's support and there's help and 
you know, I just don't know how I could do this without friends in the ministry. I don't, don't know how I could do this alone. The levels of faith that C3 invites you into and affirms is incredibly inspiring. Uh, I think one of the biggest risks for us was when we made the offer on this property and, and, and no bank would back us up. So we kept putting more and more and more money in until we had $850,000 on the line. Uh, on, a, on Easter, I had to phone uh, the person that owned this property and say, we can't find the money, that $850,000 is yours. And on Easter, that, that was on Friday, Good Friday, it wasn't a Good Friday. And then on Easter morning, I had to tell the church that we had put $850,000 on the line and we, we uh, will be losing that. And the next morning, this, the owner of this property phoned back to me and said, that, uh, I believe in what you're doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back that bill for you. And the, the, it was $7 million, the same price as America paid for Alaska. And so we said, um, we said, it's a deal. We shook hands on the day after the vision had died, right? It didn't resurrect Easter Sunday, but, it, but the next morning it did. And then we went on to raise more money. But, but watching as C3 has helped us um, and, and has pioneered taking land and taking risks, um, I think that we, 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 we got caught in some of the vortex of that and said, ah, you can do it, we can do it. And we honestly felt we can do it because we've seen other C3 leaders do it. Well, we were invited to, again, the invitation that the Lord always presents before you, you don't know, so you have to trust Him. And when they asked us, of course we said yes, but well, I think one of the biggest risks was saying yes, because we had no idea what we were stepping into. Yeah, I got a phone call from Pastor Phil. I said, I better take this. He said, will you be the regional overseer? I said, sure. And then I went upstairs. I thought, I better tell my wife. <laughs> I just sat there. And so, and, and then, but we said, of course, but here's what we're doing. We're building, a, we're building the family. We're building the movement. And if they believe we can do it, they believe that, that we're the ones, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do what we can as long as we can. And uh, so we're, we're pleased and honored to do our part to help build the movement. So I think one of the big risks that we took was in the early days pastoring right here in Christchurch after the earthquakes. And uh, I think at the time, the climate was so uncertain, finances were so tough because people were leaving the city, but the cost of doing church had gone up. And we had a moment where we had to choose uh, whether to uh, keep you know, with faith and boldness, believing for God to do something big here in the city, or, or temper our vision and go conservative. And uh, we chose to uh, stick with faith and stick with boldness and believe that God was able despite what we were going through. And we're so glad that we did because we have a great C3 church here in Christchurch now. Uh, and uh, thanks be to God for that. I think it was a risk to keep doing ministry, uh, having a young family, having children, uh, but trusting God that He would see us through, He would provide uh, and care for our family. I've been unwell recently. Um, we discovered that I had a heart problem that we didn't think I had, um, which is ironic as a doctor, but I was pretty sick and had to go on tablets and have a bit of a wee minor operation. And I really struggled with God with that. Um, I expected instant healing and instant answers and 
actually having the church family around was really great. I don't think I would have coped without them. Um, and being able to petition with them and, and trial through God with it. Um, I think just being able to really, really lean into that. Sometimes the answers are yes, and sometimes the answers are no, and sometimes, maybe most of the time, the answers are not right now. Bula, uh, my name is Makiti Raratam. Uh, I'm married and we have five beautiful children. Uh, we are the assistant pastors of Sydney Lotoka. You know, we as children of God, we are not um, excluded from the hardships of life. Eh? Uh, there are moments that we really have to dig deep um, in what we have, what we've been taught in church. And um, I think it's just the, the reassurance and the understanding that you know that you serve a God that loves you so much. Uh, he knows what you're going through. Difficult times, difficult moments will come, but otherwise you have to be, to understand that you have a God, a Father who loves you so much and um, He's going to get you out of the situation if you trust Him completely. Life's always going to throw disappointments at you, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, as we go along in life, there's going to be disappointments. Um, and it um, really depends on, and it's up to us, how we handle those disappointments. Yet the trick is just don't get stuck in it. You know, don't get stuck in that disappointment um, because the other side of that isn't pretty. At the same time too, I think in those challenging disappointments or times of disappointments, is that you go to God. That's and right. I think. God. You've got to really look for God. He's, he is that place. He's got to be that stronghold. He's got to be that position of, of power. And in everything, I think everyone has to learn how to find where is my God space? Where is my God place? And be able to go there because that's where your faith is. That's where your strength is. I am so at peace with my walk with God now. Um, it's been such an amazing experience for me being part of this church that I'm part of a bigger family um, and that I have a lot to look forward to and I really am excited about um, being part of the next journey that God takes me through, um, the growth of C3 because it really has made such a difference in my life. Um, my relationship with Jesus is really very close one and um, I considering how far he has brought me um, away from my previous life um, it makes me want to uh, press into him more and more each day. God has shown me um, things that I never ever thought that I would have been able to see in my whole entire previous life. In terms of my dreams, my dreams have gone broader now and the horizon just seems so much bigger now that I um, that I just could never have imagined it before.
technology wonderful? I just don't have long enough arms. Thanks, Jordan. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest with myself, that video makes me squirm a little bit inside. Because it reflects something that is not natural to me. And that is that faith can also be spelt R-I-S-K. And I would consider myself to be somewhat risk-averse as my resting attitude, I guess. But there's one thing that I've come to realise, and I think that the video also highlights this, is that we as a church have to be a church of possibilities, not a church of guarantees. A lot of us would love church to be a church of guaranteed safety, of security, of prosperity, of healing, of whatever it is. We come to God and we want guarantees. But let me tell you, if everything's guaranteed, you don't need faith. I mean, there's no faith involved in a guarantee, unless it's with a motor vehicle dealer. Um, but you know, we have to be a people where the journey of faith is more significant than the outcomes of faith. Not that we should ignore outcomes. After all, Proverbs 13:21 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. But our faith is also a lifelong journey, which reveals to us the righteousness of God along the way, which should have a greater impact on our lives than having our prayers answered on cue. Romans 1.17 says, In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So we don't live from one miracle to the next. We don't live from one prayer meeting, one church meeting, one prayer to the next. We live by faith, one faith step to the next. And so to further dispel any misapprehension we may have that our faith walk is solely to benefit us and to give us a blessed and comfortable life, because many Christians use these two words interchangeably, you know, blessed, comfortable, if, you, if somebody says to you, I feel blessed, somehow you automatically assume that their life is suddenly going along smoothly and without any problems. And we, who, who, whoever feels envious, you feel, oh, I feel so blessed, you think, yeah, lucky you. Yet we're all blessed. And being blessed does not necessarily mean, in fact, sometimes it means exactly the opposite, to being comfortable. It challenges us. Because we read instructions like this from Jesus himself, which we often find mystifying and a little unrealistic. Matthew 5.41 says, If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. And Luke 6.27, But to you who are willing to listen, I love that bit, you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. La, 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 la. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Now, both Matthew and Luke are giving examples here which were 
common in Jewish daily life in their time. Not from their next door neighbours or friends or business associates, but from the occupying Roman forces who were there as conquerors and they could be as cruel and unjust as they liked with impunity. So this is, these scriptures are not saying if your neighbour borrows your shovel and doesn't give him back, that you should buy a, new, a second one for him and give that to him as well. It's not actually saying that. It says if your boss steals your jacket, then you go and give, give them your shirt as well. Because these actions and, and these, these scriptures are actually saying they're an example of how to act toward people that we might term adversaries. Let's not use the word enemies. To enable us to refrain from knee-jerk reactions to persecution. Because who knows, the most common reaction to this sort of behaviour is quite polarised. People do one thing or the other. We either suffer in silent resentment, taking the passive-aggressive approach, or we become visibly angry and confront our oppressors with violence. And I regret to say that social media is replete with Christians who post or comment on posts about subjects they feel strongly about with such vitriol and hate in their comments, often towards people they only know through media reports. It's horrifying. Now, there is nothing wrong with posting about causes you believe in. But before you do it, read Matthew 5.41 and Luke 6.27 before you do it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for things we believe in, but we need to do it in the way Jesus would have done it. So how do we maintain our faith in the face of persecution? And I think a lot of people in that video we saw this morning expressed this. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. It's by motivating one another as the church to acts of love and good works. And we do this because of and through our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember that first scripture I read out before the video. 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Among other things, that means we need to shower before we come to church. We're called to give thanks to God all the time, because no matter how things look today, he will lead us into victory and triumph in Christ. He's never leading us to ultimate defeat, even if at present our journey seems impossible. Has anybody ever been there? Remaining in Christ is our assurance of winning. Just because we have a problem doesn't mean we should leave him. He is the cause of our victory. We triumph through the work of his hands always. After all, Jesus did the impossible. He rose from the grave after being dead for three days. And his life within us will cause us to rise every time. No matter how impossible that may seem. It is our faith that stops us being deceived by the world's ever-changing version of the truth. 2 Corinthians 3.14 tells us the people's minds were hardened and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. 
And this veil can only be removed by believing in Christ. One of the greatest miracles we ever receive is when our blind minds are opened. Our minds were meant to see, but when we, until we receive Christ, we're blinded from seeing that. We can't see God. We can't see all he is. All we have is a, a fog over our minds about God until we receive Jesus Christ. Because he declared that when anyone follows him, they will no longer walk in darkness, but in the light. We see everything clearly when we receive Christ. The deeper we abide in him, the clearer everything is. And that word abide doesn't just mean visit. It means live, to soak, to be immersed in. The further we are away from him, the murkier everything will be. In this light of lights, we see God, we understand the Bible, we connect with Jesus, we comprehend the story of salvation, we understand who we are and why we're here. We gain a vision of our future. Our eyes open because we are in the light of the world. You know, when we get to see something otherwise invisible, we get it. Isn't it annoying when you've had a revelation and you tell somebody and they just, they don't get it. But when we get that revelation of Christ, when we are filled with the spirit of Christ, we get it. We comprehend it. We feel it. And this is where faith comes in. Alienated from God, we're in darkness. But once we're connected or reconnected with him, that darkness is lifted. We can see with clarity that spiritual world previously hidden. And so I encourage you today to start following Jesus. I mean, if you've never followed Jesus before, then that's an invitation to start. There may be some of us online or here present who know that they started off following Jesus, but somewhere along the way, you've woken up and realized you're following something or someone else. I encourage you, act now. Act on the promise of Romans 10.9, which says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, if you need to do that and you're watching online, press the raise hand button in the chat and a member of our team will meet with you privately online and help you take the next steps. Now, if you're here today in person, and you've never met Jesus or you know that you need to reconnect with him speak to Vicky or myself after the service we would love to guide you on those steps to connecting with Jesus or reconnecting with Jesus in your life so please come and see us if that's the case my last words to you this morning are words of encouragement we look at videos like that and I think all too often we see people who we think have had a special dispensation from God, a special calling from God who have risen above circumstance, they're people who we can't aspire to be like because something wonderful has happened to them but in their stories hopefully you can hear that they're just ordinary people 
who have had opportunities that they've had the oppo- that they've had the chance to say yes or no to and they've used their faith to say yes and the great things that have come out of their story are not because they're amazing people with a gift that we can't possibly aspire to it's because they actually use their faith and if they can do that there's no knowing how far any one of us can go if we're just prepared to have faith in what Jesus has promised and the person of who Jesus is. Thanks, Vicky.